Here we go. Oh, I bet it's recording it to my... Yeah, I'm gonna edit all this out. Hey everybody, what's up? It's Rachel. Um, I'm the founder of Seeds. This is Spiritual Crypto. Yeah, here we go. There's no intro or anything. I guess podcasts normally have music or something, but I kind of like this idea of a convention where I just like get in here and start talking about whatever is on my mind. And today I wanted to explore and talk about this idea of the Pluto return of capitalism. I'm not like a knowledgeable astrologer. I'm definitely interested in astrology and I listen to like a lot of YouTube channels uh, about astrology and I have some astrology books. So I, I think maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit. I mean, if somebody listens to, you know, a 30 minute video about what's going on astrologically several times a week for a year and a half, which I guess is probably what I've done. They probably have some knowledge of what's up. So yeah, I'm not like purporting to have a deep understanding of astrology and it'd be fun. Maybe in the future I can find an astrologer who'd be down to come on the podcast to talk about the specifics of this in a more, um, just coming from a place of deeper understanding than what I can offer. But all that said, all these disclaimers, hmm. Um, I was just thinking that's like a femme thing for me to do to like overly disclaim what I'm about to say. But um, I am aware that the Pluto return of capitalism is coming up as defined by this idea that uh, if we're defining capitalism as in its current iteration as that, which was kind of effectively established by Adam Smith when um, The Wealth of Nations was published, we're in that. I think we're in it literally right now. I'm recording this September 7th of 2021. I'm not certain, but the math would be about right-ish. Maybe it's a little bit, maybe it's more like a month or something, because I know that the Pluto return of the United States is coming up. Um, it's supposed to be, da, 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 I pulled this up, I'm looking at it on the interweb. Yeah, so that's the Pluto return of the states is going to be in February of 2022. And obviously the states were formed on July 4th of 1776. The Wealth of Nations was published, I think, like March 9th of 1776. The internet can confirm this here in a second. Um, so yeah, what is that? The third month, seven month, four months before. So yeah, October-ish, I guess. Um, I don't know if it's always going to be like... I don't know enough about astrology to know if it's identical. Like if it's it's going to be exactly the same number of you know days, minutes, hours before, um, before like if the astrology is to the minute at this time, as like what it would have been in 1776. But yeah, the internet confirms that the Wealth of Nations was published on March 9th of 1776. So yeah, we're coming up on that, um, and I just think that's so fascinating, right? Like. You can find stuff online. I've been able at least to find stuff online, so other people can too, about this idea of the Pluto return of capitalism. Sorry, the Pluto return of the United States. Um, there's even a YouTube channel with a practitioner that I did a session with um, where she's talking. I think her pronoun is she. I hope she'll forgive me if I'm mistaken. Um, but uh, yeah, this person is talking specifically about 
like activism and the Pluto return of the United States is sort of like a focal point of the channel, which I think is kind of fascinating. So we're seeing a lot of evidence of this in the external world. And then like for me personally, as I was just starting to say, um, my moon, <laughs> I'm very Aries-y. Uh, my sun, moon, and ascendant are all in Aries, although my sun's in the 12th house in Placidus. And uh, I really, really think if you were nice enough to listen to the first episode of this podcast where I talked about Atlantis and past lives and stuff, I really feel like I came into this lifetime with so much Aries to learn how to be an individual because I still carry such a strong um, Sankara, a strong memory, a strong imprint of what happened in Atlantis when sort of like individuality and separation between human beings. Now we're humans. We were whatever we were back then. Um, you know, like, I, f I, I guess I just feel like I remember that closeness and long for it so much. And I don't, I've done a Dolores Cannon QHHT before, uh, quantum hypno hypnosis healing technique is what that stands for, I think. And uh, yeah, I've done a couple of them. And the most recent one I did was interesting in that something that came out that resonates is this idea that uh, I had been thinking, which is going to seem far out to people already, that this longing for that connection and that type of togetherness that beings had back then that we don't have now as humans, I thought that that longing experience was mostly about this past life in Atlantis. But um, during this QHHT session, which I did, I was already living at my current house, wasn't I? No, I was living in my old apartment. So maybe it was like a year ago now even or something like that. With COVID, time seems a little maybe more skewed. Maybe you're, I don't know, nine months or a year ago-ish, something like that. Um, I, what was revealed was that, that this longing was about a time even before Atlantis <laughs> that was outside of any form of dualism. And I don't even know. I mean, that was the first time that idea had ever come up in any kind of exploratory spiritual session I'd ever done. Um, but it was this idea of like totally being outside of the realm of duality as we know it, not only, you know, like on earth, but in this, on this plane, in these planes, I guess. Um, I don't know if the Buddhist idea and I hate to use the word Buddhist in a sense because that evokes this idea of an organized religion. And what I've learned through Vipassana is that like Buddhas don't teach Buddhism. There was never anything related to um, this idea of perpetuating an organized religion. I think that's something that this negative, unhealthy masculine energy has done to so many forms of spirituality. But the fact is that the text that supposedly came from this person, the Buddha, um, as I understand, they talk about how there are 31 planes. And anyway, I was just bringing that up because I'm not certain. I think I alluded to this in the last podcast, but I'm not sure if, if the 31 planes are meant to only uh, exist on Earth or if they're outside of Earth. I think they're Earth-specific. Whatever. Anyway, yeah, so what was particularly trippy about this QHHT session I did or, or illuminating in a certain sense was that it was just like, know this longing, this thing that I deeply feel I remember um, is even older than 13,000 years ago or whatever, you know, whatever time period we can speculate based on no concrete material proof 
to my knowledge, you know, that people say Atlantis existed on this planet. So whatever, I feel this very deep longing is the point. And I, what feels right to me is this idea that I came into this lifetime uh, with so much Aries so that I could really learn how to be an individual in the sense that, um, I don't know, like this stage of humanity's evolution calls for that form of individual individuality. Um, I think I chose to be born into the family I was born into so that I would really kind of be forced in order to come out of pain to learn to listen to myself and to follow my own like internal navigation because not doing that and um, like what I learned growing up with like a narcissistic parent and being the scapegoat kid was that they're just going to come after you no matter what. <laughs> like it's, it's like if anyone else is out there who's had a narcissist, who grew up with a narcissistic parent, um, I mean, I know you, you would understand this deeply too, but it was just like, you know, like what I unthinkingly was taught to do by the family unit as a child and well into my adulthood was about like, trying to read my dad my dad was a narcissist trying to read his mind and trying to adjust accordingly to like like contort myself to fit into whatever I was trying to into it that he wanted me to be in order to not get attacked in order to stay as safe as was possible in that unsafe environment um yeah, so I think I chose to come into that so that I it would be painful enough that I would have to find a way to come out of the pain. And a lot of what that has been for me has been this sort of tuning into myself and listening to myself. And then when I found Vipassana, it just like sort of accelerated this um, intention I had to unearth a lot of these outside layers that were painful. Can you see that puppy back there? There's a puppy behind me. Um, you can't see it if you're listening to the podcast, right? You can see it if you're on YouTube, maybe. I'm not looking at myself because I thought that would distract me from diving into these thoughts more deeply. So I didn't want to do that. But yeah, so what's my point? So astrologically speaking, I just find, like, it's like the more I learn about astrology, the more, like, good astrology, astrology um, as communicated by practitioners who really seem to know, like, what the fuck they're talking about the more I'm just like, this is so aligned with everything that I'm already coming to understand. And it's so interesting. And it provides a sort of like additional um, outline or template or something that this blueprint that's of use, that's worth uh, having some understanding of. So yeah, I'm pretty fascinated by it. So yeah, for me right now, my moon is at uh, 23 degrees of Aries. And uh yeah, so Pluto, I think Pluto is at maybe, I should look this up before and I don't want to do it right this second because it'll take a little bit, but um, I think Pluto's at like, what, maybe 24 degrees of Capricorn right now. So it's like almost an exact square and I'm seeing all this shit happen where um, that, the shadow side of Capricorn, which I think is this... Um, in my experience, sort of the most obvious manifestation of that has been the shittiness of capitalism, first of all. And just this, what I see to be the embodiment and like the the pushing out, the expression of this 
unhealthy masculine energy, which comes through virtually all humans unless they've healed their shit. And I, I'm not there. Like I, I'm a part of this too. And, uh, yeah. And then I think, as I said in the last session, I, it's great. Cause I don't feel as, uh, I don't feel that fear that this is going to be dismissed that I felt in the last recording I did the last podcast I did. So that's really feels healing. Like I'm already kind of moving through this resistance I have internally to trying to talk like this. So cool. Um, excuse me, but yeah, I, the expression, I, I just feel convinced that it's this, it's this unhealthy masculine energy is just whatever form exists within the reality that we live in, in the material world today. But I think it comes from Atlantis and what was expressed then. I think it's the attacker energy from that time. And that's just the shape that it's taken. It's like the version of it that we have to deal with now. Um, I've talked about that some on TikTok lives too, and found other people that one other person in particular I can think of who, who was like, yeah, that's totally legit. Like who also had had that very, I think, specific conclusion had come to that specific conclusion. And I thought that was, I mean, it was really exciting and validating and stuff to just to find somebody else who not only was like thinking about similar things, but also just like had landed on the same idea. So yeah, man, the Pluto return of capitalism is happening, I guess, maybe in October. <laughs> it's, it certainly seems like it's soon. Um, and I feel like I'm seeing more of this resistance with the Pluto squaring my Aries moon or whatever in that I'm running into even more bad institutionalized toxic masculine energy. Like even today, the stupid tech dev shop that like we need to do product updates for seeds. And I'm like the main it's, it's an understatement actually to say that I'm the main builder. Like I've, I built all of the seeds ecosystem with the exception of the seeds cryptocurrency itself, but it wouldn't have been that it's something I, I could have done that too. It's like designed to not be that hard. It's like 28 lines of code or something. Seeds are an Ethereum based cryptocurrency and ERC 20, which is like the standard Ethereum based token anyway. So yeah, I'm like the builder of stuff at seeds and I don't know shit about programming and I never have. It's just like, like I think of myself as a founder in that, I'm able to make stuff and sort of follow ideas. And then when there's a problem and there's like always something going wrong, um, most of the time there's something either going very wrong and or certainly all the time there's something that could be improved at the very least. So yeah, depending on what was happening and like what was the most, like the biggest fire to put out or whatever, I would have to figure out how to do that. And I think that's how for anyone interested in entrepreneurship or something, I think that's kind of the way it goes, particularly if you're creating something that's like new, like there's nothing else out there that's like seeds to my knowledge. Right. So I had to kind of figure out what it was over time and iterate and adjust, um, based on what was happening and, and shift things based on what was happening, based on how people were engaging with the seeds ecosystem and based on what I had personally learned and what had come to me through like when I was doing Vipassana meditation and, and, I was, I became clear, you know, like needed to become a part of Seeds. So I think what happens for a lot of founders, particularly those really creating something that's different, um, is that it's like there's a thing, like a challenge in front of you all the time, something going wrong, whatever, and you don't have any idea how to solve that particular challenge. You have no experience in that particular area, whatever. So you have to figure out how to reach a level of competency in that particular area in order to solve that problem. And then boom, like right after that, there's another problem that you have no idea 
how to address. Um, and like as you get as you go along, you know, you develop some competencies in certain areas. Like if you start learning how to code, you always have that knowledge, and it's it's one of the biggest fucking like fallacies of our time that we're sold this idea that coding is really hard. Like what's hard about coding in my opinion is just that so much of it is not intuitive and not well designed. Um, and I have this sense that that's something I'm going to address like in my fifties maybe or something, but I'll, I just have this clear idea that I'm going to be able, I think I touched on this in the last podcast that I'll be able to shift something or, or something will come to me, um, to help us get to a place where we're, we're not using ones and zeros, concrete ones and zeros from the outset, something that has a healthier balance of masculine and feminine energy. I think maybe I didn't talk about this that much last time, and maybe I'll do it in a future session, but yeah, just to say this quickly, because I, yeah, I really don't think I touched on it last time. One idea I've become fascinated by, um, and this came in, the idea itself came in while I was doing a Vipassana session, like a sit, like three years ago or something. I think it was in late 2018 based on my memory of where I was living at the time. And uh, yeah, it was just like, like Leibniz <laughs> lived like what? I think, I don't know, like 400 years ago or something. And he's credited with being the father of binary code because he, as I understand, he was trying to figure out a way to express written logic problems numerically and he wasn't sure how to do it. And as he was trying to figure this out, he was reading the I Ching and the I Ching has ideas in it. It, it. There's this discussion of um, yin and yang energy, masculine and feminine energies. And, you know, if you know, like, the yin-yang symbol or whatever, they're, they're in harmony. They're balanced, and they're sort of flowing together. And Leibniz took that concept, and it gave him the idea to use ones and zeros to express logic, written logic problems numerically. And then that became the basis for binary code. And we're still fucking dealing with that today. Even when looking at quantum computing systems, they're still resting sort of within that spectrum, zero to one, as I understand. And uh, yeah, man, I think Leibniz fucked up. And instead of understanding um, and translating this idea of yin and yang together in harmony, he made it into... He made those concepts into all or nothing. And that is the foundation of every fucking computing system that we engage with today, which I think is a terrifying thing. And, and, and therefore, it, you know, there's, it makes sense that things have skewed in this direction that is toward this unhealthy, masculine, striving, externalized, like go for likes, get addicted to views or whatever on whatever social media platform you're on, you know, like this idea of fitting into the external structure and our perception of what is required by that external structure is so of this unhealthy toxic masculine energy and it's built into this fucking tech that I'm holding in my hand you know so whatever I had this sense when I was meditating once um (laughs) that something would come in in the future that would help me understand how instead of like concrete ones and zeros the building blocks of future computing languages a better computing language would behave more like matter um you know like able to be both a particle and a wave simultaneously and then shifted by the observer and uh vipassana seems so clearly uh, it just seems like vipassana will be an integral part of how one might do that because vipassana is all about observing 
the sensations in our bodies and the shifts and the changes in those sensations. Um, I'm, I just feel so certain that th- those things are connected, but I don't know how yet. And I feel like it's not something I'm going to be able to, it feels like it's something that's going to come in. Like I said, like in my 50, I'm 37 now. So like, you know, 20 years, I'll see 50. I mean, I'll be in my fifties in 13 years, less than 13 years, 12 and a half years, almost. Wow. That makes it seem a lot closer, <laughs> but whatever my ideas are about now, I feel like it's going to sound arrogant or whatever that I'd share that, but it's something that I think that isn't, maybe there's some ego in it because I do feel like I can bring in ideas that not everyone can bring in. Um, speaking of astrology too, again, I was listening to this tarot reader I listen to a lot on YouTube, Awakening to Spirit, if anyone wants to check her out. And uh, her intuition, I think, is very good. And she did this Lilith in Pisces slash Lilith in the 12th house tarot reading. And my Lilith is in Pisces in my 12th house. And something she said was about this idea that people with that placement can translate cosmic shit, stuff from other places, and ground it here. This is my understanding of what she was saying and I mean that rings true although I it just feels so hard to ground stuff here you know like I feel like I really that's the largest um that's the biggest sankara I have right now this this like resistance and anger that it's so fucking hard to do that (laughs) it's so because like you have to put it in the language for if it's like an intellect if there's any sort of sense of intellectualism in the idea, if it's something that needs to be understood with the brain, you have to translate it into language or I guess into numbers. Um, And I don't have, I'm not translating anything numerically yet. Maybe this future computing language could be that. But um, fucking language, it's just so masculine, you know? And I like get so, my relationship with language is, one of rife with frustration. So hopefully I'll clear that Sankara. The Sankara, for anyone who doesn't know, is like a word you learn in the Vipassana courses. It's, it's essentially like, it's trauma that we're carrying around in our bodies that we haven't healed and released, basically. And it shows up in like a bunch of different ways. It'll show up as aversion or craving for different things. And like, as you're developing at first for a long time, I mean, at least for me, it's been a long time, you'll think that it's the external thing that's provoking the aversion or like, um, you know, like bringing about the craving, but it's your own shit. Like once you've cleared the Sankara, um, you won't care. Like the thing that used to make you furious or whatever, just like you won't care. And then like law of attraction style, you'll stop running into it in the external world. Um, And I've experienced versions of that in a bunch of small and larger ways already in like my whatever, eight and a half years or something since I did my first Vipassana course. Um, But yeah, the point of this particular podcast was meant to be about this idea of the Pluto return of Capricorn. And so as I understand, you know, like looking at all this stuff that's happening to, I feel like the, if we're looking at the Pluto return of the United States and sort of like the way that the structures that this, the framework of this country, the man-made emphasis on man, made framework of this country and you know like they're overwhelmingly white men obviously cishet white men um 
we're seeing how dumb I think and how fucking like dangerous and unfeeling and cold and and just like poorly designed so many of those structures are and uh yeah they're gonna either have to collapse for good or they're gonna have to radically change and adapt to something else and then with this you know like rise of the feminine that's happening now too um I think that's what we're moving into. It's just going to have to be structures um, that bring in this healthy yang energy so that there's actually space for the fucking healthy yin energy to exist without, like, worried, worry about getting raped. Like, physically, whatever. I mean, like, sexual assault is a thing that happens to people. It happens more to femme people. And then, like, metaphorically, too, like, creativity, other things that are supposed to be associated with yin, like the divine feminine, there are, there isn't a space for that to exist if you're trapped in survival because the fucking oppressor is, like, breathing down your neck and, like, weighing you down and whatever. So all that stuff is going to have to fall away, I think. And the thing about Adam Smith, some things about him are hilarious, (laughs) um, there's this book that you might want to check out if this is of any interest to you at all. It's called Who Cooked Adam Smith's Dinner. It's by this Swedish economist. And I actually will look up her name. Yeah. Her name is Katrine. I'm so sorry. This pronunciation will almost certainly be bad. Katrine Marcal. Marsal. There's like the... I don't even know what that symbol is on the C. It's not a C. I'm so sorry that I'm ignorant about this. But so there's this quote that Adam Smith made um, about how like, let me actually find it. He said, it's not from the benevolence of the butcher, the brewer, or the baker that we expect our dinner, but from their regard to their own self-interest And this is, like, the backbone of his entire fucking theory that, like, self-interest is what can drive markets. And then there's the invisible hand and all this shit. And at the same time, Adam Smith lived with his mother for most of his life. So this book, Who Cooked Adam Smith's Dinner, examines this idea of how, like, this fucking guy, (laughs) he, like, made up this entire structure that we're still living under. He did this... He published this book in early 1776, y'all. And, like, he's thought to be the father of modern modern capitalism, this iteration of capitalism. And, like, Marx was writing about him, you know, whatever. What would that be? Like, 75-ish to 90 years later? Like, Marx was grappling with these ideas that Adam Smith had perpetuated that dominated the way that nation-states created and, like manage their economies um and he he lived with his mom and like she was making him dinner a lot and so it's just this idea of like maybe she had some self-interest involved in that act of cooking him his fucking dinner but she wasn't like the butcher or the baker probably right maybe she loved her kid maybe she was doing it out of benevolence or the desire to give And his fucking theory leaves no space for that type of intention and energy whatsoever. And that's why we have 
this dumb for-profit, non-profit binary that we're, we exist today where it's just like, there's no other way. Capitalism, what's the word I'm looking for? Fuck. Um, it just doesn't allow, there's a word that means doesn't allow for it. Um, there's no space for giving, essentially. That feminine, nurturing, abundant energy, it just gets like flattened into this, these fucking like supply and demand graphs and this sense that nobody will ever do anything unless it benefits them. And, it, and it's such an ignorant position, too, because, you know, anyone who's ever given truly from the heart understands the huge benefit that you get when you give, you know, like it's it's nature. It's part of the law of nature that we have that reward when we truly give. And that's like where seeds comes in and that systemically we created this way to not only hopefully you're feeling that feeling if you're giving to someone and trying to help them out through seeds, but you're also getting like units of our cryptocurrency back in thanks. So it's like the system is actually mimicking something that is energetic and exists in nature in a way that the fucking unnatural capitalistic system can't do. So I'm really hoping that, I mean, this Pluto return of capitalism, I'm not seeing, I haven't found anything else about it anywhere. Like when I've Googled, I haven't seen anyone else talking about it in any social media. I'd love to find other people who are thinking about it um, because it'd be really fun to talk to someone who actually like really knows astrology about this concept. But yeah, I, it's, it, I just believe it is going to break down and I find that reassuring to consider when I get especially frustrated and angry about how compressed I feel in my efforts just to be a fucking person who like makes shit and like wants to express myself I mean that was even you know that's showing up and trying to make this like stupid little podcast or whatever and I don't and that's part of it I shouldn't be dismissive of it because it's I think these ideas are important and I think everyone using their voice to share what they see is it's so beautiful and essential and I'm a person too and I what I have to say is as important as what anyone else has to say but I also think that these ideas are particularly important because I don't see anyone else voicing them anywhere right yeah so hopefully this self-interest bullshit breaks down it seems like it's breaking down already but there's like this inertia there too because we're all the evil brilliance the evil dumb brilliance of that old system is like we get we all get stuck in it because it makes us need money for shit unless we're totally off the grid and growing all our own food and more people are trying to do that too but it's just there's work involved in that and so for anyone out there who's like well money is evil like fuck money i think i mean something about having a medium of exchange helps i think like it's useful to not have to whatever i don't know churn your own butter what's an example that could be more contemporary to not have to do something really hard that takes a long time as well as something else what's a good example there must be some example whatever i'll try to use an old-timey one so yeah like not having to churn your own butter and um get chickens with a bunch of eggs (laughs) if you don't have to do both of those things if another person has the eggs and you can trade the butter for the eggs or whatever, then that saves both people time. There's a mutually a mutual sense of um, it's mutually beneficial, right? And then if there's a medium of exchange as money functions as, 
um, then that can be like more, it can scale more easily, right? Like if all you have is butter and then you got to find other people that need butter at that particular time or else you can't trade it, right? So like that isn't evil. That like concept isn't evil. Money's pretty old, but it's not insanely old. Capitalism is really relatively new. This idea of somebody controlling the means of production and the rest of us having to slave away for that person in order to survive that's something that's only you know several hundred years old not not even several not even a few you know like what is yeah 1776 so yeah i don't know i just want to like i like imagining what's going to happen with that i really hope that seeds plays an integral role in the shift away from this idea of self-interest being the defining driving factor in a monetary system and i think that will i think we'll get there and uh it's going to be really interesting to see what happens over the next few years i think i almost feel like what's i was thinking earlier today that this sort of like more compressed energy i feel like i'm in where like there's more shitty abandoning slash oppressive masculine energy around me like these dumb systems i have to interact with aren't working or like again i'm thinking about the dev shop that i mentioned earlier that just like they were literally like this is going to cost eight hundred thousand dollars to do something that i know i could figure out how to do in the space of a few months and it's just like fuck you like how many it's just so fuck it's such a fucking racket like if you're thinking about learning to code just learn to code and then like go out and charge fuckers like that a shit ton of money because like it's such it's such nonsense it's like like every other every other industry where like that bad masculine energy led the way it's like when other people that aren't of that bad masculine energy come into the industry i feel like we just realized how dumb and exploitative it had been all along you know and I feel like that hasn't happened yet with tech, at least like whatever we think of as high tech, which I think is actually so remedial. But I feel like, like that's because I remember somewhere in my body, not in my brain, really, kind of in my brain, maybe even. That's a kind of a bold statement, though, but because I don't like remember specific tech, I feel like from past life regressions in Atlantis. But I feel like I have this sense that things were just so much more advanced then. And now we're dealing with this dumb shit now that like people are like, oh, it's so high tech or whatever. It's like so advanced. And I've been watching old movies a lot lately. And I think it's because I'm trying to understand like humans or something like an alien. Like I really do in many ways feel like an alien in a human body. But I feel like I've been here a lot of times, though. There's like a longer mission I've been working on. Um, but yeah, I really feel like I've been watching these movies to try and understand like some depiction of an evolution of human society. Although obviously Hollywood movies are all white people and a lot of them are told from a Jewish perspective, especially if you're looking at like, you know, movies in the forties or whatever, post-World War II, even before a little bit, like I watched a, is it William Wyler movie yesterday, you know, like. Eastern European or European Jewish men who came here and many of them left. Some of them, you know, were like were fleeing Nazis and they came here and like crafted this visualization of the American dream, quote unquote. And it's just kind of interesting. Um, It's interesting how being an outsider can mean that you define a thing that you're outside of in a certain way. 
sometimes even more strongly or maybe oftentimes a lot more strongly than the people who are inside that thing. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, I brought this up because in so many, or at least in, in, I've thought with some frequency when watching this movie is that people are just like, people always think they're at the like cutting edge of technology. Like in one of the movies set in the forties, somebody was talking about, I think like it was set in the forties and also filmed in the forties. And they were talking about how they were going to go to a country house. Um, and, uh, there wasn't going to be a phone and like, how are they going to function because there wasn't a phone? And this was like a big city important person or something. And it's just like, that's like Miranda on sex in the city, like not wanting to go with Steve to a place that didn't have internet. And that was like a thing. And that would have been like, what, maybe like around the year 2000 or something. It's just like every fucking thing is that. And I just feel like all this stuff is so remedial and I'm angry at how remedial it is. And I'm also angry at how much money and arrogance goes into acting like it isn't. Um, so fuck all that. Hopefully I'll figure out a way to make it better. <laughs> But I got to figure out the monetary system first. And I, I really do feel like um, I really do feel like I figured out something important and essential within the ecosystem of seeds. And now we're at the stage where it's about there's still certainly tweaking that needs to be done. There are certain things that need to be improved within the seeds ecosystem, which I'm apparently going to have to do myself since these fucking people I'm reaching out to. Nobody is offering help or seems like I should try to engage them. Like, it seems like it would create more problems rather than solving problems. Um, so certainly there's stuff there that needs to be improved for sure in order for it to be scalable, like, hands down. is a couple, like, really basic things need to be um, automated. It's just going to take a little bit to figure out, to learn how to figure out what I need to learn to take care of that. But hopefully in the next several weeks I'll be able to do it. But beyond that, on a higher level, I feel like I after these years seeds was incorporated eight almost nine years ago now over eight and a half years ago i figured out a thing relating to the economic system and this fall of adam smith's system i feel like that just needs to happen but then seeds also needs to become more seen become more visible and that feels connected to me needing to work through my shit relating to not wanting to be visible myself out of fear of like being attacked by that energy and stuff and it's, yeah, I already feel like this podcast is helping with that a little bit, more than a little bit. Um, I don't feel so worried about sounding arrogant or something. We'll just like, which isn't, even if I have arrogance there, then I do. I don't need to judge that either. It's just like, you know what I mean? Like if you're a femme person, anything that can be perceived as arrogance, and I think a lot of people of color feel this way too, I mean, I feel like I've seen this expressed by people of color that I know. There's just like that sense that it's dangerous to appear even confident because the energy of the system wants to take that shit down. And uh, I don't know, it feels good though because it feels like that's not coming up for me so much. So hopefully Pluto takes out Adam Smith's ideas. And to be fair, they were of a time and we're whatever i mean there's a reason that they've i'm looking at the internet and seeing him here and like you know somebody wrote a book about him a few years ago like deconstructing his idea there's a reason that it's lasted this these ideas have lasted this long they were of a time humanity has gone through a certain evolution and we've needed different stuff at different times and none of it has been perfect and all of it is 
you know, certain things have solved problems, but then created new problems. Seeds isn't perfect, but I think it's an evolutionary step. I really do. I really, really do. Um, it just needs to reach more people in scale and help more people understand that systemically, like we we literally have an ecosystem that rewards giving and is designed to bring more abundance to everybody who ever t- participates in that system. Whereas Adam Smith's system is transactional and by definition, I used to think about this when I was a stock trader, the way the stupid markets are set up, if I made a dollar, it meant that somebody else literally lost that everywhere. It's just this dumb, unhealthy, insidious, toxic masculine energy um, has functioned in such a way that it's created bottlenecks and created gatekeepers and I think all that's going to die and hopefully that happens in the next couple months. We'll see. Maybe it'll be fun to revisit this and maybe, hopefully, there'll be some people listening and (laughs) I can come back um, and break this down with an astrologer. I think that'd be fun to do maybe in the next, within the next few months um, as things are going down. We'll see. But yeah, hopefully Pluto will help us out here um, and not... I mean, Pluto just comes in and wrecks everything, right? It takes things out. It takes out everything that isn't working. And a lot of this obviously isn't working for the vast, vast majority of people. And I think even the richest people, the like whatever, one-tenth of one percent people, it's not serving them either because are there happy, really rich people? Like Oprah seems happy, but she's like a super powerful developed soul I think who came in with a really difficult assignment and did a really really good job and so that's different than Jeff Bezos or whatever or Elon Musk um yeah so we'll see how it plays out I'm frustrated right now and I feel compressed like I said and I feel like I'm being slowed down but I'm really it just feels to me like there's this inevitability and that it's probably going to happen pretty soon and hopefully pretty fast as it happens. So we'll see. I just got to do whatever I can to get myself ready and to get seeds ready and try and heal my anger, (laughs) which will eventually clear. Um, You know, Vipassana clears out all that shit eventually. And anger has been a big emotion, a big negativity that's come up a lot for me, but we'll see. All right, y'all, thank you for listening to Spiritual Crypto, colon, The Pluto Return of Capitalism. And I'll say more things sometime soon about another idea I find interesting. Thanks for listening. Bye.